0: It's time for Acme Radio Gear Gab, featuring your favorite musicians talking about the music gear they use on tour and in the studio. Brought to you in part by IK Multimedia, Musicians First. Now, here's your host, Eric Dahl. Welcome to Acme Radio Gear Gab. You know, speaking of some of your favorite musicians, I've got one of my favorite musicians and guitarists, Tommy Emmanuel. Eric. <laughs> how are you <laughs> it's so incredible to have you on here tommy and, you know and Thanks. i've been very blessed to have you on uh, tv interviews over the years uh-huh. and, and just so our listeners know uh tommy is a certified guitar player uh as designated by chet atkins uh chosen as best acoustic guitarist uh, member of the order of australia let's see uh, a kentucky colonel <laughs> yeah. i could go on and on tommy please don't <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much fun with you because you know it uh-huh. seems like you know uh, such an incredible guitarist and such a you. It, you know incredible live. I think I was telling uh, somebody here at Acme. Um, I saw you at your last show at the Ryman, uh-huh. and it's just so inspiring. You know, I, I was Thank sitting you. there watching you and and just mesmerized. By the way, you're working the stage and working the guitar and engaging the crowd. Right. Well, now, that's
1: what I'm there for. I, I'm there to engage the crowd.
0: So for
1: for two hours, the audience don't think about their troubles or their bills or their whatever,
0: they just let it all go because they should be distracted enough by what I'm doing. And and it's just amazing. I mean, you know, and I I think that, you know, our listeners need to realize too that when you go see Tommy at a live show – It's not just you know you're not just recreating the music that you've uh, you know put on albums and DVDs and everything. Mm. You're an entertainer, Tommy. Well, that's (laughs)
1: I'm in the entertainment business. I'm in the happiness business, you know, and I will use anything that I at my disposal on stage (laughs) to entertain people. I mean, that's really how most of my stick came about. I mean, uh, playing the drums on the guitar, playing with a brush on the guitar. Uh, banging the microphone with my head was you know, <laughs> something I did be, be, because I I just did it in fun one night and it, and it worked really well. The audience lit up right? and it did sound like a bass drum. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I drew blood. But, oh, my uh, gosh. Well, now I have, uh, of course, now I travel with my own sound man and I travel with my own microphone which has a flat surface. Ah. So if I bang my head on it, it's not going to do the kind of damage <laughs> that a Shaw Brothers SM58 can do to <laughs> right, a forehead, right?
0: Because you know the claim is that you can hammer nails with those oh, SM58s and still
1: use them. I think it's true. Oh, absolutely, and uh, they're a fantastic microphone. So is the 57. Oh yeah, um, but uh, you know uh, I'm using a Heil microphone, which is oh. a good American-made yeah. microphone. Yeah, well you know I think they have a better, uh,
0: you know, a, a very good high range with those. They do, yeah. yeah.
1: But let, let me tell you about in the early days when I started banging my head on the on the microphone as as part of my, well, entertainment deluxe, um, <laughs> I, I used to quite often really get into it and I would draw a little blood, you know. Anyway, I, I forgot about that one night and, and I was playing in my hometown of Melbourne, Australia. Right. And I got home pretty late and there must have been some dried blood on my forehead, right? Oh so my goodness. I get into bed, go to sleep, and in the wee small hours, my, my daughter Amanda, who was about four at the time... <laughs> She used to sneak into our bedroom and get in bed with us every morning. Right. And she comes in and I wake up and she says she looks at me and sees the dried blood <laughs> and she says you've been silly again, haven't you dad? <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Because
1: whenever I did anything that was like a little bit uh, outrageous right. on stage, she would say, that's daddy being silly. Oh right? my goodness. And you have three beautiful daughters. I do. I do. I'm, I'm a very blessed man. Amanda Angelina, who I wrote the song Angelina. About, right. Which I love that song. Thank you. And Rachel, who was born here in Nashville. Right. At, at uh, St. Thomas Midtown. A, a Tennessean. She is indeed. <laughs> she's got an, her American passport and yeah. she's got an Australian passport as well.
0: We actually made her a dual citizen wow that was smart Mm. well because i mean because you know in in australia you're almost like a king or a prince there right because they (laughs) they actually have the tommy (laughs) emmanuel museum at the mate i'm a corporal what are you talking about a private (laughs) i think you're pretty high (laughs) up the totem pole there in australia you know well you know
1: I, i i love going back home to australia but you know i moved here to tennessee 14 years ago but I started coming here because Chet Atkins invited me, back, right? And and I well, came. now I want
0: to take you. We need to take listeners back too to how
1: okay. you were four years old when you started playing. I was, yeah. Uh, I didn't turn pro until I was six. <laughs> you <know. laughs>
0: but you started basically with a family band with your brother. Yeah, right? I
1: was the youngest. M- my my closest brother Phil was the lead player. See, we were listening to. Kind of surfy instrumental music by you, you, you. You're not old enough to remember them, but The Ventures, oh yeah, and Dwayne Eddy, um, and uh, the Shadows, who right. were the great instrumental band out of England, oh yeah. And in Australia, you got to keep in mind this is 1959, 1960, around that time, you couldn't go anywhere and not hear the Shadows. Oh yeah, they were coming out of every cafe, every radio station. That was massive and um and my my brother and i were were just smitten with their their music so uh, i wanted to play rhythm it just seemed like that, that that's what came natural to right. me and my brother only wanted to play lead he wanted to be the lead guitar player <laughs> so he needed me to be his rhythm guy and it was the beginning of my relationship with the guitar and and of course we we didn't have any formal training so to speak our mother
0: showed us our first chords. Well, that's what I was going to bring up that mm. your mom actually was yeah, kind of she, integral in that.
1: She could sing and play a little bit, mm-hmm. and because uh, uh, back going back from that time, my mother during the Second World War, my mother was a, a young woman. She was fifteen, around that age. Um, she had a little little guitar, and she used to get on the train and go up to the city of Brisbane yeah. and sing to all the troops as they left on the trains to go north to join the Air Force and the Navy. How incredible is that? Yeah, she would sing uh, We'll Meet Again and stuff like that. Have you ever heard Johnny Cash sing that? Oh, yes. We'll meet again. (laughs) Don't know where. I
0: do no, oh, no, when... It's so cool she did that, though. She, yeah, she she used to do well, that. Well, now, and you and your brother kind of, uh, you know, became pretty popular on TV and everything. There yeah, well, how we
1: got started in the show business was um, we entered in a few band contests, and the... What we had that was different was, first of all, we were little kids. So, you you know, you, you think, okay, a little kid, that's a novelty act, like a dog act or something, you know. But the difference was we could actually play. Yeah, you
0: guys were gifted. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. That You know, little kids, was, oh, cute, that's yeah. a ukulele. That's nice.
1: Yeah. But you guys were no, amazing. We, we were playing songs that we heard on the radio, and we were, you know, um, replicating them. Well, and the, and the
0: Shadow songs were, were pretty complicated. Right. Well, they
1: were... Beautifully laid out. Right. You know? yeah. You, you can hear on the record, you can hear the acoustic rhythm, the electric lead, mm-hmm. right? And that was their sound. And so we we entered in these band contests. And, and I think by the time I was six years old, I was starting to pluck up a little courage and, and enjoy the attention of it. Right. And, and so I was moving around the stage and... I wasn't so self-conscious and shy, you know. When I started out, I was, like, terrified and and felt very self-conscious. But then – You wouldn't know that, that now. No, you wouldn't know it now. But <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I still know nothing about women. But anyway, that, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> um, None of us do. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so I started moving around and doing all that. And we entered these band contests. And we uh, first prize was, you know, a chance to play on radio – and and a chance to audition for a TV show. Wow! So, but the problem in Australia in those days was I was six years old. There was a law against anyone being seven years or under. You, ah. you, you had to be at least seven to ah. go to go on TV. I did not know that. Yeah, it's true. So we we went uh, to this TV show. What was it called? It was called Six O'clock Rock. Yeah. Right, and. Um, all the way to the TV station, my father's telling me to lie. You know how unusual that is. <laughs> right. You know your father yeah. beats the truth into <laughs> you. But he he was telling me if anyone asks you, mm-hmm. you're seven. But Dad, I'm six. No, you're not. You're, you're seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So lucky for me, no one did ask me because uh, I probably would have said six. Right. You know? Right. But uh, anyway, so we we played um, Apache. Uh, oh, which was yeah. a, great, a great instrument. Great song. And, you know, the crowd went mild and um, <laughs> the audience leapt to its foot. And we got paid a bag of chips and a, and a, and a medium sized Coke. And a career was started. And we thought, Whew, this is the big time. You know? <laughs> it's not going to get me any better than this. But something happened that, that day. There was an American uh, TV producer who was out in Australia visiting, uh, being a consultant and telling, you know, helping us get, make our TV better, I guess, because wow. we only just started, you know. America started long before Australia. So this American producer came up to my father after he played and said, these kids have really got something. You should take them on the road. People oh, need to gosh. see them. Right. So it was that guy who who said that to my father, who then promptly, we went home, sold our house, Bought two cars and a tent, and b- bought some good guitars and, and, a, and an amp and everything, and a kit of drums from my
0: brother, and away we went. <sighs> that we is went on amazing.
1: The road. That's how it all
0: started. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to take a listen to one of your songs now. I want you to tell me a little about it, uh, To Be or Not To Be.
1: Okay. Well, now you're talking, this is Chet Atkins and myself, and this song uh, is my favourite on the album, not just because Chet wrote it, but um, he specifically asked me to learn it and play it because it's not an easy one to play in the key of B. And he at that time had a brain tumour uh-huh. and he was struggling with his motor skills. Mm-hmm. And he specifically said, I want you to learn this song and play the melody and take take the song, I'll play the harmony part. So. Right. But the funny thing is if you listen to the first time the harmony comes in, it's actually me playing Chet's guitar uh, and I've never said this before but I can say it now. But um, when when I come to mix this, he'd forgotten the harmony on the first time. Ah. So I had to take his Del Vecchio yeah. oh. um, uh, resonator guitar and his microphone to the studio where we were mixing and actually drop it in. But wow. I had to try and sound like him so no one right. could pick it. But I, and this is the first time I've said this on air. But if you listen to it, you can hear that it's wow. actually And then made. which album is this off? This is time. the album The Day Finger Pickers Took Over the World. And this is a beautiful song written by Chet Atkins. The Bridge was written by Randy Goodrum, who wrote You Needed Me. Wow. Yeah, keyboard player. Randy plays keyboards on this. I play bass and drums as well. So here it is. <laughs> to be... Or not to be.
0: Tommy Emanuel, let's hear it. Sometimes you've had a rough week. Start your weekend off early every Thursday with drink specials provided by Acme Radio Live. Join us every Thursday from 4 to 7 on the second floor of Acme Feed and Seed for the Acme Radio Live happy hour. Acme Radio Live DJs will be setting the mood with some vibey tunes while you enjoy a $7 domestic beer and a shot. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. By subscribing to the Acme Radio Live YouTube channel, you have incredible content at your fingertips and a beer and a shot in your belly. Yay, beer! So subscribe today and join us every Thursday from 4 to 7 on Acme's second floor for a much-needed happy hour.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Acme Radio Gear Gab. To listen to this song and the full show playlist, head to acmeradiolive.com and check out the
0: Gear Gab page under Archives and that Ooh. is tommy emmanuel and chet and chet atkins putting, putting his putting his magic
1: mojo on the end there. did you hear that that is just beautiful yeah it's a gorgeous song one of my favorites i still play it in the show sometimes and that's uh yeah. and that was uh, primarily using the del vecchio right yeah chet always used the del vecchio yeah, yeah he used it on the on the whole album except for Walsing matilda where he used Love his that. Gibson SST. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he wanted to play steel string and all that.
0: Well, you know, the SST, you know, the steel string and the nylon versions were such incredible guitars. They were ahead they of were. their time. They were, yeah. Because to be able to get that acoustic sound without having the feedback. Yeah. Well, know. a lot
1: of that was uh, thanks to Kirk Sand. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: If you if you look at
1: Chet's early Gibsons. Right. Um, the ones that, that uh, had that kind of hollow bodied. But, yeah, but they, chambered. The, yeah, chambered, exactly. That. All those ideas, mo- most of them came from Kirk Sand.
0: I did it, not know that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's it's, so, uh, you know, uh, Chet is was so associated with the Gretsch models also. Exactly. That he played yeah. early in his career, even though I know he wasn't oh, yeah. too thrilled with uh, the burnt-in G and some of the, uh, you know, oh, yeah. ornamental they put on there. But they he, were sounded, still great, he great amazing. Guitars. Oh, incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, I was with... Um, Fred and Donna Gretsch last weekend in uh, in Colorado, mister. Yeah.
0: You're the constant world traveler. I just never know where
1: you're going to end up at, you know? You just never know. <laughs> Don't blink, I'll be gone. That's
0: well, I right. wanted to bring up, Tommy, because a lot of people may not realize that, you know, how you ended up here in the United States mm. and, and becoming so close uh, with Chet Atkins. Yeah, what, well, what, you know, I wrote him a fan letter when I was 11, right after my, my father died.
1: And I I it, I was uh, kind of I retreated into music to help me cope with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day I was just sitting there l- looking at his albums, and I saw you know uh, RCA Studios, Nashville, blah, blah blah. And so I, I thought I'd write him a fan letter. so I did. And on the envelope, I put Chet Atkins, Nashville, America. That, that's all. <laughs> Right, that's like sending it to Santa Claus—the exactly. Santa Claus of
0: guitar—and it well, gets to him.
1: Believe me, Santa, Santa got it. You know, <laughs> Chet, Chet received it, and about two months later, I came home from school, and my mum met me at the door, all excited, and she said, "Put your bag down and go into your room. There's something on your bed for you." Like that, and I went in there, and there was this big brown envelope with stamps with eagles on them and all that, and and uh, I opened it, and it was a beautiful letter. Uh, with RCA at the top and Chedak is all written in gold, then the, the letter typed neatly, and then his signature. Oh my goodness! And, and a black and white photograph signed signed to me.
0: Wow! You know?
1: And he was the head of ANR. He was producing how many artists must have oh, been yeah. 50 artists in those days i don't know how he even had time to eat and sleep well and he, he was, was he was busy. finding
0: all of those great artists here in nashville yeah yeah at the time
1: you're talking 1967 so right it was like the, the busiest period in his life and he took time to write to some kid
0: in australia you know but how did how did that then lead to eventually you coming here to the united states well
1: um when i was about 18 um, a friend of mine sent a tape to Chet of me playing. Uh, I was just playing in his lounge room, playing a few tunes. He's a big, big Chet fan. And he sent the tape to Chet without telling me. And out of the blue, I get this note. From, it said from the desk of Chet Atkins, blah, blah, blah. And he says, I heard your tape, and Lenny Bro was here, and I played it to him, and we're impressed. And if you come to Nashville, here's my office number.
0: Call me. That's it. <laughs> oh, my it. gosh. From so, from a tape that was taken while you were recording, and didn't even know it. I, I had no idea that that uh, is amazing. Th- so
1: um, I had no money, and I, I just didn't know how I was ever going to get there. So I eventually saved. It took me seven years to save up enough money wow. to come here the first time in 1980, and um, my it was a pilgrimage to me, but it was also a chance to see. Great art and great music and great people Right That that I couldn't possibly see back home, you know And what was really wonderful was Well, I got a chance to see Elton John at the Hollywood Bowl Oh my goodness I came to Nashville I met Chet Atkins the, one morning And I played with him all day <laughs> Right we, we sat up in his, his inner sanctum, the third level at his office. Right. Me and him and Lenny Bro, and we just played tune after tune after tune, and he told us stories and took us to lunch. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, it was an amazing. It was like, can you imagine being a kid from nowhere, all of a sudden you're there? Wow. It's, like, it's surreal. It, it had to seem like this wasn't even happening. Exactly, exactly. Well, I still feel that way when, when I hear Chet and I playing together on mm-hmm. that record. It's still like, did it really happen? You know? Wow! But uh, and then I went to New York after here, and I saw Buddy Rich three times. Oh my goodness! Mm. It was. I went home seriously pumped. You know, like <laughs> yeah, so so inspired, and and thought America's the greatest place on earth. I love this place. I love this music, and, and just seeing people doing things. On a level that you just never see was was what I needed at that right. time, you know, to take you to the next level. Well, to to you know, um, elevate me and push right. me and 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 make me open my mind and look and learn,
0: you know. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, and and Tommy, you have taken the the acoustic <clears throat> guitar to places that nobody ever thought of. I mean the way you yeah. use it to where you you know you scratch it and you use it as a drum <laughs> and you break <laughs> off pieces off the top of it and it goes flying in the air. I mean nobody'd done but, that, you well, know. It's
1: it's all in the name of entertainment. But you know, Chet and I had this goal when I was younger that that you know, he said how how are we going to get fingerstyle music all around the world? How we how are we going to do that? I said to him, well you you've already done it through your recordings, you know. Right. There are people all over the planet who know you, who, who are inspired by you, who are trying to play that music. Right. And, and he said to me, you're young, you're fit, you like traveling, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you, you've got to keep, keep going. And, and right. You've got to do a lot more than I've ever dreamed of. And, and he, he set me on a path a long time ago. And it's one that you've loved, and, you know? absolutely. And and you know when 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 he gave me the certified guitar player award thing, I suddenly felt like, holy moly, this, <laughs> this is not just uh, an accolation. This is um, this is a responsibility, right? It's like you're ordained and, to well, carry it on, and you better get on with it. You know, right, because the, the the clock never stops.
0: Right, just like your album with the clock with you on there on exactly. the front. You know? Yeah, it's
1: never too late. But as I was telling uh, Fred and Dinah Gretsch the other day, I said to them, there is a, a tidal wave of young players coming, and they're going to sweep over all of us real soon, because there are so many great young players. I noticed in the last couple of camps that I that I taught that. Even in the last few years, the younger players are on a greater level than the older guys and the older gals. The younger guys are better, much younger. You know what I mean? And they're they're much more outgoing, they're much more open-minded, and they're they're um, they they they're just on another level that that w-
0: we couldn't even imagine. Well, and I think that you know, Chet. And guitar players like you and and uh, Dr. John Knowles have kind of set that path. I, I interviewed uh, Mike Dawes uh, a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, he's brilliant! And, isn't he? and yeah, out of the UK, yeah. and he was talking about you know we were talking about you and everything. And it's like, and he admires you, Well, And same and here. and he is just an amazing young you know in his twenties. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, and and how good is his attitude? You know, oh, incredible! It's,
1: it, it's so fantastic. And and there's see, I look at it. This generation now has we have videos, we have DVD, we we have computers uh, where we can freeze frame or we can watch the right hand and slow down the left hand. Right. Or,
0: or, or you know... Well, just like the video the, you did to where you had yourself in, in boxes exactly, and you yeah. played all the parts. And so you had a quad screen. Exactly. And yeah. and you couldn't do that 15 um, years ago. No, you couldn't do that 10 years ago. Right. Well, um,
1: so you have that. You, you you have YouTube. You have the tablature and the music you can download. So what I'm saying is, you have no
0: excuses. Right. Everything. It's, is It's laid not like out. the old uh, vinyl days where you'd have to slow right. down the record exactly, and then are, I don't know how many times you have to listen to that song just and to and get we the. We had lick no and idea what the player was doing. You know, we had <laughs> no. to try and figure it out by ear. Right. You know, and now you can watch the video and go, ah, mm.
1: yeah. there's where the hands are at. Well. I, I get people writing to me all the time saying, "Do you have the tabs for this song?" And I
0: just write back and say, "Watch it
1: and work it out." Right. It's it's before your
0: eyes. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. And that, and that's what's incredible because you've been uh, so prolific with the videos and everything else to where you can pop it up on YouTube and go, mm. "Oh look, that's what Tommy's doing."
1: Yeah. And well, can, I'm, not
0: that we can do it, but we can see you doing it and try to emulate <laughs> it. <laughs> Well, you know, I wanted to bring up also that, you know, how you ended up living with Chet Atkins when you came here to the United States. Right. Well, he invited me. One, once we decided to work together,
1: um, he didn't want me to come here and stay in a hotel. He, he wanted me to live in the little granny flat that he had built yeah. on the side of his house.
0: With he and his wife. Yeah,
1: that's right. Uh, Chet and Leona. And because um, the studio's downstairs near the garage, ah, uh, he has a he had the studio in his basement. It's still there. It's all the same as it was. Wow! And um, so the little granny flats at the side, and he he wrote to me saying, "I have this little little flat. It's very private. You you have your own bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, lounge room, and all that sort of stuff." And you know what was really wonderful was every time. I would fly in to, to start work with him. I'd usually get in late because the flight from either Australia or England would arrive around 11 o'clock at night. Ah. So he'd already be in bed. So his daughter, Merle, would always pick me up at the airport and she would drop me home and I would go in and there'd always be at least three guitars, new strings, <laughs> polished, all perfectly in tune, uh, sitting there for me to play. How amazing! Yeah, he would. He, he would like you know. Of course, I'm going to need some guitars. Right. And then you go in the lounge room, and there's a little nylon string guitar on the couch. Wow. And then you go into the kitchen, and there's a Gretsch guitar. I mean, sitting on a stand <sighs> beside the kitchen table. You're just in heaven. had yeah, absolutely.
0: That's <laughs> just walking in. Exactly. Now, I want you to tell the story too, where uh, you and Chet went uh, guitar shopping at Gruen's that time.
1: Oh yeah, well. Um, I wanted a small-bodied Martin, and I saw one in Gruens, and uh, I told Chet, and he said, oh, uh, let's go down there. He said, you don't want to be paying w- what's on the what's on the tag. Because Chet uh,
0: Atkins was known for haggling on, oh, on the guitars. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: He, he still had his first dollar. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we, we walk in the store, and Chet just cornered George straight away, and he said... Well George we want this thing here but we're not paying what's on the ticket so uh I'm going to offer you whatever it was you know and
0: and George just went all right It he was like he didn't even argue with him He <laughs> you know there was no use That's right And so Chet actually ended up buying he that did, guitar for you which you didn't expect he, he he didn't want me to pay for it and uh, And you still got that guitar today
1: I, Yeah I do yeah. How incredible a, is that It's a early 40s oh17. Uh, it's a beautiful guitar. Yeah, it is. Oh oh I used gosh. it on the tour
0: with the Kings of Strings with Stakelar Rosenberg and uh, Vladko Stefanovsky. You the- you always play with the coolest people, you know. Just like you know, with Martin and with all uh, these people and, and Taylor, this, yeah, yeah, and and the things you've done with uh, John Knowles. It's like mm. it's, it's just I I live through you vicariously watching <laughs> with all the people that you play with. You know, it's like well,
1: a- th- believe me, there's something really wonderful coming with with lots of great artists, and it's. It's a new album in the new year. It's called Accomplice.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a listen now. Let's listen to another song. And, and I'll oh, tell you okay. what, um, I love this album. I there, There's not a bad song on this album. And uh, this Thank song you. is It's Never Too Late. It's Never Too Late. And, yes. and actually, the name of the album, we were talking about it earlier with the clock face. Yeah. And, and I think uh, it's well, so... the clock
1: po- face goes to 13. Ah. That's why it says it's never too late. Well,
0: I thought it was so poignant, though, particularly what you said earlier about... We all have like you know a span of time to get things done. Yeah, and you know what? It's the older
1: you get, the more you realize. Holy smoke! I better get on with 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 stuff because I can't afford to waste any time. Right. You know, uh, 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 Bonnie Raitt said it so beautifully in her song "Nick of Time." Right. Yeah. She said, "Life gets mighty precious when there's less of it to waste." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a sign in in our house, and it says. It's never too late to live happily ever after. Wow. That's what this song's about.
0: Excellent. Let's take a listen to it right now. Tommy Emanuel. To us, coffee isn't just a beverage. It's a community. It's an accumulation of the global network of fair trade farmers to the independently owned coffee shops working together to bring the freshest coffee to their local neighborhoods. I'm Nate. And I'm Jimmy. And we're roasters and baristas of one of Nashville's finest coffee shops, Ethan Roast. On Coffee and the Podcast, we'll dive deep into coffee trends, the craft culture of brewing, and answer all your questions about how these coffee communities impact your daily lives. So tune in to listen live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. via acmeradiolive.com. The show is also available on all podcast platforms thanks for tuning in to acme radio gear gab to listen to this song in the full show playlist head to acmeradiolive.com and check out the gear gab page under archives and that was it's never too late with tommy emmanuel uh, a great album a great song you know tommy and Thank it's you. so funny and I, and I know i'm old school on this from back to the old album days but i i love the pictures on this album to where you know you're laughing and you got the cu- guitar and and on the back cover you're throwing up the guitar in the yeah, air and it's just that's a real thing it's just fun <laughs> it's just I, it's you yeah. you know what i mean because i mean you you really enjoy what you do and and so yeah. you know even when i've had you in the studio before wow, you know we, you just said, had you, a blast you always grab the the guitar <clears> and start playing because you enjoy it well, you see, I brought a guitar in the studio. Yeah.
1: I was told, look, you're not playing today, but I, I still couldn't come in here without one.
0: <laughs> it's just habit. No one would recognize me. Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> well, I think we already had several people recognize you and taking pictures outside the uh, studio here. All right. Now, I wanted to bring up also, you know, obviously you've been with maton Guitars for a, a very long time. Yeah, I got and, my and first one in 1960. Wow. That's a long time now, ago. Now, was that an electric or an acoustic? Was That, that the electric. electric. Yeah, because yeah. they make the... Uh, the signature model, yep. Now and uh, exactly. and and they have like the little museum for you down there, and so yeah. Well, they're going to stuff me and mount me and put <laughs> me in there one of these days too. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's it's so funny talking about you know how that all came about with that guitar, right. you know, because you you've played them since you were a kid. Yeah. Well, I started
1: out. We we started with fairly you know cheap cheap guitars. We wanted a good guitar. Yeah. And uh, so my father went out. Actually, my father bought an electric guitar first, which was in a, a mate and solid body guitar. Right. And his original plan was to pull it to pieces and see how it worked and see if he could build one himself. How interesting. Yeah, because my father was like a, a tinkerer, a fixer, a, you know. A guy who could, you know, he could fix your watch or your uh, or your TV set or your, wow. your or your car or your lawnmower or whatever. You know, he yeah. was one of those mechanical-minded guy, and he How was neat. curious about electric guitar. Uh, what he didn't know was that. Uh, the electric guitar didn't make any sound until you plugged it in. Right. That was a bit confusing to mm-hmm. him, I think. And so he comes home with these mate and, uh solid body guitars and then expected me and my brother to make a good noise with them. <laughs> of course, we said, well, thanks for the guitars, Dad, but where's the amp? <laughs> and he's like, amp? What's an amp? What amp? Yeah. <laughs> so eventually we got an amp. It was a... It was a maton amp.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it
1: was about fifteen watts of sheer distortion.
0: Oh my god! Yeah,
1: and because we blew it up in no time. Right. And then my father bought an English amp called a Moody, which, ah. which had Goodman speakers. Two, right. And it was a, it was like a thirty watt two twelve, and the reverb was a separate unit. It was a, ah. a and you you plugged it like in like the, the old back. Fenders. Yeah, exactly. How oh, wild! And so we used that until. That one, you know, eventually died on us. and i I actually didn't get a fender amp until I was in my mid teens. That's when I got my first really? fender amp. Oh, so uh, which it, one did you get? My first one was a bandmaster, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it was the thrill of a lifetime to to look look there on stage, to stand there and look down and see a fender amp. I can't tell you how proud I was. It was Well, it was you know, it's so funny
0: because I actually had to reach out to you a few weeks ago from the last time we had talked, mm. you know, and after I'd, I'd bought a, a Fender Princeton, I'm like going, Tommy, me you mentioned one other amp to look for, and mm. it was the uh Fender Vibralux. Vibralux. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a great amp. Yeah.
1: All those Fender amps are so good. You just can't go wrong with them. Leo Fender got everything right. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. He's a genius. Oh, yeah. So far ahead of his time. Yeah, George and Leo, you know. Yeah, George George Fullerton and Leo Fender; those were the guys, and of course Paul Bixby as well. Oh yeah, Les Paul, you know all those guys. They were they were such innovators and so clever. If if you look at how a Fender Telecaster is designed, it's one of the most practical things you've ever seen. You can disassemble it and put it back together, make right. yourself a guitar in no time. In fact, I bought a, a Fender Tele in Australia years ago, and I just pulled it. Uh, it took the neck off, put everything, and put it in a square box, sent it to myself in the mail, put it back together when I, when, when it arrived, and uh, put some new strings on it and
0: played it. And Is this still the one you have? Yeah. Yeah, that's an incredible oh, Telecaster. Yeah, it's from 66. Oh, my gosh, that thing. What a great neck and yeah. a great sound. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've had that
1: one a long time. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I still... I still play them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting back to Maiden guitars, yeah, yeah totally, it? totally. Yeah, so I I played the the Mayton solid body until I wore it out, basically. yeah. Basically, and then I I gave it to Maiton to restore for me. Um, and then in the in the late seventies, uh, I was using Ovation's because they were the only plug-in acoustic guitar ah. that was. Half decent. Right. And I, but I was using them on a lot of recordings. You can hear my ovation on um, air supplies.
0: I, I'm all out of love. Now, were you using the uh, nylon string or the uh, steel, steel string? Steel string. Steel string, just mm-hmm. like uh, Glenn Campbell.
1: Exactly. That's yeah. what
0: I was using in those days because Neil
1: Diamond had uh, Hot August Night Out. And I just loved that rhythm sound he yeah. had. It, it was unique, you know? So uh, thanks to him, Neil Diamond and Glenn Campbell. I, I found an ovation on tour in Australia, and I, that's what I played for a while. Wow! Because you could plug it in. I never know? knew that. Yeah, and then Takamini, the wonderful Japanese company. Oh yeah, they they came out with a guitar that was similar to a uh, a, a, a Martin or a Gibson. Uh, had a good sound. Uh, you could really get it in tune. Mm-hmm. But the the thing I li- I liked the most was that. The pickup sounded half decent. Oh you know? yeah, and so that that was the first kind of real uh, good plug-in and play type sounding right. acoustic guitar. I had a deal with Bose in those days, so I was using a, my own big Bose PA. Oh my gosh! Right? And and I was I was doing my own mix from on stage. Yeah, and I had a, I had Crown power amps, so I had like three thousand watts. <laughs> of power amps and I had bass speakers and and 802s the the ones that had the, like the eight little speakers Oh yeah in I it. remember them. Yeah. Yeah. I, with, like, I had like array. six of those aside and the bass I mean that was a thunderous wow. PA and my my brother's playing his strat through a Roland Tape Echo with a distortion pedal and all that oh, and yeah. we were we were playing big pubs and clubs where they normally had like bands big bands and all that. we were playing it as a duo right so i had this massive acoustic (laughs) rhythm guitar (laughs) right that that was was the titanic of of acoustic sounds and the only thing was that the takamini uh was really the only acoustic with with a decent pickup in those days right but its shortcomings were if you really hit it it started to kind of square wave yeah and you get that crackle you, you had to you had to take the strings off and get your hand inside to change the batteries it was heavy mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff but it was reliable right anyway so um, my brother and i were enjoying playing 7 days a week filling places every night right having a great as a duo curry, as a duo <laughs> And the Maiton people came to me and they were almost out of business. They were killed by Yamaha, ah. uh, Ibanez, all the, all the The market was flooded with Japanese instruments. Right. And the Maiton people just couldn't compete, you know. Anyway, they came to me and they said, um, look, you're the, you're the only acoustic guitar player with any profile in, in this country and you're playing a Japanese instrument. And I said, well, personally, I like your guitars better. But your pickups are useless. Yeah. If you want to compete, you got to make a better pickup. Right. Uh, so they said, "All right, well, tell us what to do." And I <laughs> said, it, "It needs to be more powerful. Right. It needs to be lighter. You need to put the batteries in the top, not not inside the guitar. They need to go in the top. Right. And I need a microphone, mm-hmm. and I don't want uh, I don't want it to be." A stereo jack you know what i mean i oh, want yeah. to plug i want to plug a normal guitar cable yeah, in regular and, quarter inch and control everything from on the guitar right and they're like well none of this has been
0: done before and i said well it's time <laughs> to do it you know <laughs> so, so you helped them innovate that then, oh, I which is which yeah. is now the standard oh my god you know because you know you pick it, up now and mic is unbelievable right and and yeah. you continue to tweak it as well absolutely absolutely yeah,
1: uh, and I I think that what they're doing right now is is world class. It's
0: it's as good as it's ever been. I think yeah. amazing instruments, and and I think it's so incredible with with Maiden is that they use the woods that are indigenous to Australia. Exactly. Yeah, and, and they're they're constantly trying different woods to to see,
1: you know, so they don't use up everything, and you know right. Know what I mean, everything is sustained. That's amazing, and, yeah. and definitely the company is doing so much better now. Well, uh. when I joined them, when they made those first guitars and pickups for me, there were four people working at. at oh made, my goodness! There are now seventy-nine in the factory. <laughs> it's it's a so big, is there like
0: a little parade when Tommy comes to town and goes <laughs> to the factory? It's like yeah, uh, you know.
1: You know, it's a funny thing, you know, but but uh, you know, uh, you don't get, you know, the the big pat on the back from your own home, right? Very rarely. I remember when. When I recorded the album with Chet Atkins and we got nominated for a Grammy and all that, oh my gosh! Not many people cared back home. Wow! It, 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 it didn't make any any news. It didn't even make a rumble. You know? Amazing! If I'd have if I'd have recorded a track with Michael Jackson, everyone would have went crazy. Right? But it, that's just that's just how the world
0: is, you know. And and you can't
1: take that personally. It's just how people are.
0: Right. Well, and also you know you've been able to carve out. A worldwide following. Well, you know, when you go you've got to, to build it yourself, you know, you know when you go to Tokyo, when you know? go to Spain, when you go to all these countries, mm-hmm. they know you, and and you, they you know tour me because I've basis. been there a lot, right? You know, and you and also, I think, what's great about you, Tommy, many things are, but I mean that you share your knowledge, and you you are happy to help teach, absolutely, guitarist yeah. and and share what you know. Yeah. Well, when I when I do put my my camps on,
1: I I carefully pick the guys who I know not only are great players but are great teachers. Right. And that's what it's all about, you know. And in my in my camps, it's four days of lessons and jamming and playing and learning and talking and all that sort of stuff. But um, I get the instructors to handle most of the uh, daily lessons. Right. I take the entire group first thing in the morning, uh-huh. right? which is like 120 students wow. for, for nearly two hours. And I, I play, I talk, I demonstrate, I answer questions, all that stuff, right? But then for the rest of the day, people's name goes on, a, on a, like a lottery. Right. And um, I see people individually during wow. the camp as well. So we try to fit in as much one-on-one time so I can personally help people. How and, incredible! Now, now how well,
0: often are you having the camps a year now?
1: Usually, twice to three, two to three a
0: year. Yeah, because I always keep track of you on Next them. Next
1: year, the 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 camps that are confirmed are one in Memphis in May. Wow, which is going to be stacks and and Stack Studio and Sun Studio and all that. And uh, amazing, Miss, Mr. Cropper is going to going to come and help us out on <laughs> Very nice. on, on one day. So Steve Cropper is a good yeah. choice for that. Jerry Douglas is confirmed for that. Camp oh as my well. gosh, Talking I love Jerry about. Playing and recording, right? And uh, and I've got some other guys as well, and and um, so there's that. And
0: in July, I'm doing a uh, a camp in Scotland, in in wow. the, up in the Highlands, in a, in a castle. How amazing! And you're going to have everything laid out on the website too, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, so uh, listeners can find that and sign yep. up. And I may have to come to the one in Memphis. That sounds uh, like that'd be a lot of fun. It's good. Yeah, I yeah. think I can drive that. I think you can. <laughs> yeah. With your
1: Corvette.
0: Yeah, I wish. You know, I could throw a guitar you on know, Harley, right? The last
1: time I went down there, I got pulled up by the police. I didn't know they were allowed to drive that fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to take a listen to another song. Speaking of a mm. thing, Tall Fiddler. Uh-oh. And this is off uh, your, uh, your most recent the, album. This is the live at the Ryman. Right. You, you were there. I was at the show, and I, I've told so many people that how um, awe-inspiring it was to see you on stage performing and with you and and Steve Warner when you had Mm -hmm, Steve up mm -hmm. and Dr. John Knowles. So you had three certified guitar players. was the first
1: time ever that we'd played together on stage.
0: And the sound quality at the Ryman was just amazing. Yeah. And, and, uh, And this is taken from that show. It is, yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter how many times I go to the Ryman,
1: it's still the most incredible feeling to be there, you know, it's it, it's such a part of my life, and uh, you know it takes me back to my childhood. Looking at uh, you know footage of Porter Wagner and oh, Dolly yeah. Parton and and Johnny Cash and and uh, and Chet, of course, and uh, Roy Acuff and Ricky Skaggs and people like that. Just seeing all those people. Buck Owens
0: and Merle, right. and, and and so many of those people <clears throat> now are your counterparts here, and you mm. play music with them. Uh, it's the it's, ones you know, yeah you know this this is why life is this
1: the the incredible adventure it is a guy said to me the other day if you could wave a wand to make the rest of your life how you do, what would you do and i said i don't want no stinking wand i said because how could my pea brain come up with the stuff that's already happened to me? Right. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it so I, I, I just want to keep going forward and see what, what the universe has in store for us.
0: Well, I, I think it's going to be more great music, and we're going to take a listen to it now. It's Tall Fiddler. Tall Fiddler. And this is off of Tommy Emanuel's Live at the Ryman. Acme Radio Live strives to showcase authentic Music City. We don't just do that through all the hot tracks we
1: play on our station, but we do it with our content. Not only do we deliver the best music from local and touring acts all day, every day, but we also create content for these artists that live on the Acme Radio Live YouTube page. Head to YouTube and search Acme Radio Live for all the videos of your favorite artists. And while you're at it, click subscribe so you can stay up to date with the most authentic content you've seen in Music City. To listen live, visit AcmeRadioLive.com. Thanks for tuning in to Acme Radio Gear Gab. To listen to this song and the full show playlist, head to acmeradiolive.com and check out the Gear Gab page under archives.
0: Woo! That is some amazing playing. And that is so clear. tall fiddler <laughs> off uh, Tommy Emanuel live at the Ryman. And, and mm-hmm. once again, you know, I've told so many friends from coming to that show and seeing right. you, Tommy, and, and I've seen you before, but I mean, it was just so powerful at the Thank Ryman. You. Well, my sound And you man, were so at home. You could tell that you were really oh, you, you I was were all definitely smiles. Oh. And and you were, you know, and you had the crowd in the palm of your hand it was sold out. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to be back at the Ryman in uh,
1: 2018. Yep. And Jake Shimabukuru, the 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 ukulele player from Hawaii, he'll be he'll be the on the bill that night. Jake is amazing. He is and uh, we'll, got we'll be playing album. together. And uh, actually I wrote a song for Rachel it's called Rachel's
0: Lullaby. Oh, she is so adorable. Yeah, she is. And uh, Jake plays on that, uh, on the new album. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So when when is that new album coming out then? Like uh, January or so? January, yeah. Okay. Well, yep. I want to make mention also, I've got you, Tommy, mm-hmm. um, Music Gone Public. Oh, yeah. The um, PBS uh, album uh, right. and uh, DVD. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible. They, well, you know. there's
1: a lot of interviews there. And and there's, there are seven performances on that DVD that were were not in the original um, uh, TV show. Right. So these were these were uh, songs and performances that we kept, and when when we were ready to release them, we 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 kind of got together. I did some more interviews. Right. They, they interviewed some other people as well and pieced this together
0: well I think what's so great about it because I've got it at home obviously Mm -hmm. and uh you know it it gives you an insight uh deeper into you as a person so it's not just the performance Tommy it's not just seeing you on stage Mm -hmm. or hearing you play right I, I think it gives some depth well I I hope so that was their
1: idea and and uh I'm I'm really really glad that um PBS uh, had some success uh, as far as their pledge drives
0: go. Right. Yeah, because they use you. You know, I'll pop on the TV on, on PBS there, and it's like there. like, oh, well, if you uh, do a donation right now, we'll send you Tommy Emanuel, music yeah. gone public. My very good friend. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's like you know, it's like, wow, this is great. I know him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then well, you know, I was going to make mention too, Tommy, about your uh, your great uh, Christmas album that came out last year. Thank you. Yeah. Well. Um, we
1: we actually did the christmas tour and then the day the day after the tour finished we all went into the studio wow. with the with the with the vibe of of the tour and and you know we'd been playing i think we did like 18 shows in a row wow. and and a lot of touring and all that and living together on the bus and and honing out. Well, show. it showed
0: though because the Christmas you you love doing Christmas albums oh, anyway, yeah, and the yeah. Christmas music. But uh, you know the, mm. the album was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was John and Pat Bergeson and Annie Selleck, and uh, we did some original tunes as well. I wrote a song with Anthony Snape, my my good buddy. He heard me running some Christmas tunes while I, 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 I was I was learning stuff for the tour. Right, and he had a lyric that he'd written. And he came downstairs and he said, I've got this Christmas look, blah, blah, blah. And five minutes later, we've got a song. You know, (laughs) everyone (laughs) is coming to our house this year. Open up the curtains, let in the love and cheer. And it's got a real... Christmas feel, you to, know, to you me, know. To me, the
0: whole album, listening through it, reminded me of when I was a kid, and and my dad worked for Firestone. He would bring home the Firestone, like the Bing Crosby albums. Oh, really? And, and so that it's yours sounds like that a must modern have been tiring virgin. in <laughs> Firestone. Oh, <yes. laughs> I hate to rubber honest. it in. Oh, <laughs>
1: oh I mean, am I treading on? Uh, the, oh no, I don't want
0: to retread. Oh, on <laughs> Tommy. So, but I mean, it kind of had that cool kind of uh, Bing Crosby kind of vibe, but yeah, modern. Exactly. Exactly. You know, with with more guitar touches. Also, I have to bring up to our for our listeners, uh, and I should have brought in my copy. Uh-huh. but you are on the cover of uh, Guitar Player, yeah, and uh, the top fifty list, the amazing Tommy Emmanuel, the best acoustic players ever. Uh huh. That's pretty nice, Tommy.
1: That's pretty nice.
0: I'm right. <laughs> um, very very grateful. Uh, That's for sure. You know, Um, you've been so prolific uh, within the last, you know, five, ten years with the albums, with the mm -hmm. tours, with everything you're doing. Yeah. And and you just keep taking it up a notch every time. I'm trying to get good at this. I Uh, think you have. The only way I know is
1: through hard work. You know, there are no shortcuts. They're all at the... At the butchers,
0: <laughs> those you know? are the shortcuts. <laughs> shortcuts, exactly. <laughs> well, now I wanted to bring up also. We we're talking about gear a little bit, but I wanted to bring up uh, you're uh, you're kind of using a, a specific acoustic amplifier now, too. Yeah. Well, I back in the late nineties, uh, the guys
1: from Maiden Guitars hooked up with a German company called AER, and they rang me when I was living in England, and they, and they said, "Have you heard the German amp AER?" And I said, "No." And in those days, I wasn't using an acoustic amp, right? You're going straight into the PA. I, I was using a rack, uh, oh. w- which had a uh, like a, a BBE parametric. Right. And I had some Elisa midi Verb 2s, one for delay, one right. for reverb, all that sort of stuff. And I, I was basically generating the sound through that, and um, uh, I wasn't using an amp. And they said, you should try this AER amp, and I, I was very skeptical because acoustic amps – in those days were awful, you know, Trace Elliots and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I saw Robin Ford playing a Alvarez through a Trace Elliot, and it sounded fantastic. (laughs) I plugged into the same amp, and it was awful. It's because Robin Ford knew how to get a sound out of it. Mind you, Robin could play a tennis racket, and it would sound great. But um, anyway, so I plugged into this AER uh, acoustic amp and it sounded incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it had this built-in compressor, and it, uh-huh. and it had kind of uh, strange reverbs. And I said, I really like the sound of this amp, but how can I turn the compression off? And the guy said, you can't. I said, well, then I can't use it. Right. He said, there are other models you know. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> so he sent me a Compact 60, Yeah. and that was my dream amp. Yeah. And so my, my amp now the uh, Compact 60 that I play, which is has my signature on it. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: it's got your signature on the side, it's got some cool Australian uh, yeah, images on the side of it. Exactly.
1: Well, what they did for me is they made the tone circuit a little sweeter and a little kind of flatter, because when you're playing into big PAs like I do, right. you need a flat signal. You don't need something with lots of EQ, mm-hmm. too much bass, too much treble, all that stuff. You need flat And and then let the PA do the work. Totally. Right? So so this this amp has that. You you set everything flat and it's a big, warm, beautiful signal. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, and um when when you take the line out, like the the X L R Just like a direct box. Yeah, exactly.
0: But it doesn't bypass the the EQ and it doesn't bypass the reverb if you want to use the reverb. Because you have yours with a special the midi verb. Which is different than the yeah. standard 60. So now the, the reverbs are lexicon, right? And
1: the, uh, the, the delay that, that's in it matches the one that was yeah. in my Alesis MIDI when I played my Aboriginal song Initiation. Oh my gosh, just so amazing. That's how those amps come.
0: Yeah, well, I, an incredible amp, and, and unfortunately, I guess we're going to have to uh, wrap it up, Tommy. It's gone so quick having you on hey, here, y- and I'm going to have to have you back. Zoom. What was that? That's your, <laughs> that's your life, mate. Do I get another one? Sorry. You know, I think maybe what threw me off was all the people <laughs> taking pictures of you while you're in here in the studio going, oh, my gosh, it's Tommy Emanuel.
1: Can you imagine being someone like Marilyn Monroe and trying to do a radio show like this? <laughs> We'd Forget have to it. black out the windows. Oh, my God. Yeah, but really? even
0: people, you know, saying, I know you and taking pictures and videos of you. Well, you know, I'm, I appreciate that, like, I, I think it. you have carried out the mission and continue to what mm-hmm. Chet Atkins set you on. Oh wow. well um, uh,
1: as long as I do a good job and and can give the younger generation something
0: good you know, follow that trail of M and M's and see where it leads. <laughs> the amazing, uh, one of my my favorite uh, fingerstyle guitarists, Tommy Emanuel Be sure and catch him on tour. Uh, you can pick up the new album, uh, the Live at the Ryman, also yeah. the DVD if you've uh, seen it on PBS, Music Gone Public. You can find that at his website or uh, any other online facility. And he will be coming to Tokyo. I will. I'll be in. Uh, I'll be at the Cotton Club. And somewhere else. Anyway, everything's on my website. Yeah, Eric. check him out on the website, follow him on socials, and uh, I'll tell you what, Tommy, uh, you consistently amaze, and, and thank, thank you, you. for uh, for bringing the incredible music you do. I appreciate it, brother. And uh, uh,
1: I'll, I'll see you all uh, down the track, down the endless road.
0: Sounds good. The incredible Tommy Emanuel. We hope you enjoyed Acme Radio Gear Gap, hosted by Eric Dahl. Thanks to our artists on today's show and our sponsor, IK Multimedia Musicians First. For past episodes on demand, please visit acmeradiolive.com or the Acme Radio Live app.